Welcome to Triple Threat Theater. Triple Threat Theater. Triple Threat Theater. However, I believe there is a more immediate threat. Thousands and thousands of feet of film consumed. Hours and hours of work expended by technicians. And once it's been erased and shredded, it can be done all over again. As all of you know, I've devoted much of my life to convincing the world that travel through film was not only possible, but necessary to survive. We're back, and it's time to laugh in the face of danger. This is Triple Threat Theater. I'm Joe Daxberger. And I'm Ryan Miller. Mills? Yep. Let me ask you a question. By all means. Where do you land on movies being all slapsticky and shit? You know the answer to this question. Oh, do I? <laughs> oh, I'm just curious to hear what it might be. <laughs> I don't dislike slapstick in general, but movies that are comprised entirely of slapstick, I generally am not the biggest fan of. Is it true or untrue that you've said in your time that Spaceballs was disrespectful to the Alien franchise? Uh, I don't believe I've ever said those words, but I'm not a big fan of Spaceballs. So for us to, or should I say for you to come up with an episode completely comprised of this manner of movie, Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect, perfect setting for this show. I mean, I'm willing to watch just about any kind of movie. This is a genre that, you know, admittedly, I haven't seen a ton of because I'm not the biggest fan of it. I feel like I've seen enough to know that I'm not a huge (laughs) fan, but, you know, I may or may not have seen the first Naked Gun before. It's one of those movies that I feel like, you know, would be on at like family gatherings with my uncles who are from that era of like loving movies like that and Animal House, which, Uh you know, never did a ton for me. Uh, Not to lump Animal House in with this kind of movie necessarily, but just like older comedies. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, uh, I figure, you know, it's one of 300 freaking themes we've ever Mm. come up with for the show. If it comes up, we'll we'll see what happens. And it did. And here we are. (laughs) Well, like I said, tonight's episode, episode 70, Laugh in the Face of Danger. We've got The Naked Gun, Hot Shots. And Loaded Weapon 1. Yep. In addition to being parody films, all parody films about, like, you know, cops and crime kind of movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or, like, action movies, I guess. Because it's funny, I have seen parts of Hot Shots Part 2 before. Mm -hmm. Never saw the first one. And Part 2 is more of, like, a Rambo parody. Right. Believe it or not. I didn't realize until the opening credits of Hot Shots that it was a direct Top Gun parody. <laughs> like I just never knew because I did I never um, like I'd seen parts of the sequel, thought I knew what it was, didn't really uh-huh. care enough to look into it. Even with them wearing flight suits and like the kind the logo on the poster and like the uh-huh. plane flying like I never never knew that. <laughs> yeah. I just knew that these were all parody films of like the action movie genre. Yeah, so personally, maybe saw Naked Gun, the original, before. I know I've seen at least parts of one of them. Nothing about this one specifically jumped out at me as like, yes, I've definitely seen this before. Because, again, it would have been probably like 30 years ago that I'd seen any part of it. Mm -hmm. 
Hot Shots, like I just said, never saw, saw parts of, have seen parts of the sequel. And uh, Loaded Weapon 1 knew basically nothing about it, except that it was obviously a Lethal Weapon parody because of the title. Okay. For me, I don't think it's ever really come up like in conversation with our circle of friends, but like I grew up watching these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Naked Gun I've seen endless amount of times. Spaceballs watched God knows how many times. Airplanes, a big one. Um, those are probably the three like top ones I can think of. Yeah, seen Spaceballs, not a big fan. Seen Airplane once, wasn't really a fan. You know, I've seen like uh, the Holy Grail, uh, oh, Monty yep, Python yep. and the Holy Grail, which... You know, it's fine. I don't mind it. I've seen like the first scary movie, didn't care for it. Uh, not another teen movie, which is parroting all the kinds of like American Pie kind of movies I loved when I was in like high school. Mm-hmm. You know, not the huge fan of it. Like just any, there's a conversation to be had about what exactly makes one of these movies. But any of the instances of like 100%, there's no denying this is just like, quote unquote, just a parody film. I've just never really been a big fan. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to say because, like I said, growing up, like, watching particular kinds. I mean, I feel like in in as a kid, always referred to them as, like, stupid funny because that was, like, the, the only way I knew how to describe these kind of movies because it was just, you know, nonsense. And as, like, getting older, I feel like maybe there was, like, a lull in these kind of movies coming out. And then I think Scary Movie was, like, the first big one to come out. I think I was in high school, not exactly sure on like the release of that, but it was around 2000. Mm-hmm. I can remember seeing that in the theater. Well, I mean, it, it definitely it parodied Scream, which was like mid-late 90s, 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 so yeah. not too long after that, probably. I remember, I think it was the first one, because I've only seen the first one, had a parody of The Matrix in it, which was 99. Oh, did it? Yeah, there's like a scene at the at the end of the movie, from my recollection, where it's like, the villain who's essentially Ghostface is like throwing things or having things thrown at them in the house. And it goes into like bullet time where they like jump in the air and things are like creating uh-huh. those ripples through the air. Like I remember that from when I saw it in the theater back when it came out. So yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, I remember that bit, but I know that like started off because I think they made a bunch of those. And then, like you said, not another teen movie. And I think, I don't know if I saw it in the theater or not, but I think the last time I even attempted to watch one of those. I think it was like Epic Movie or something. Well, there's Epic Movie. They did Superhero Movie, which I think actually had Leslie Nielsen in it. Then there was like Meet the Spartans. Just a ton of these things that it's like Scary Movie really did like, it feels like reinvigorate the the genre. Yeah, poorly because they're all so bad. Um, And I think I just like feel like it seemingly those were just like, that was just like a dumping of every like current pop culture idea into like a parody movie. And that was supposed to just be funny. Like yeah. Sparta and like 300, the guy from 300 just like kicking every person he can into the, the well, mm-hmm. you know, it's weird. Like, not like it really matters because it's just to make you laugh. But I remember, uh, seeing scary movie in the theater and like when the, matrix thing happened being like why are they parodying the matrix in this it's a like this is a horror movie parody but like Mm -hmm. eventually it it felt like they were just like okay it doesn't matter what genre they are 
any movie right. that came out in the last three years mm-hmm. we're going to riff on it. But again, totally. it, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, if you're a fan of these kind of movies and you enjoy them, who gives a shit? Like, that's just the kind of thing that my nitpicky ass thinks of, but... Mm-hmm. Well, no, same here. Like, they're just there to make you laugh. And if they make you laugh, then awesome, but... But my, my point was just that, like, it seemed like the newer ones, it was more about, like, whatever other thing from pop culture where... Necessarily, I think, like... I mean, we'll get into it, but, like, Naked Gun is just, like, goofy where it's not... When I think when you look at that versus that was 88 versus like something that came out in the 2000s, it's it's just those yeah. are jam-packed I mean, to the walls with the references. Even within the three movies we're going to talk about on this episode, there's like some clear differences between the types of movies that they are and like mm-hmm. what exactly they're doing. Yeah. But I guess I have two questions. First, you know, you said that you grew up loving these movies. Like, do you still enjoy them? Do you have an affinity for them? Like, even, like, take... Had you seen all these before? No. All right, so, like, if you've seen Naked Gun, like, take take nostalgia out of that one. Like, one of the ones you haven't seen before, like, the, the episode's called Laugh in the Face of Danger. Did you laugh? Did these movies make you laugh? Like, the ones um, you hadn't seen? Just no. broadly? <laughs> no. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. I think, like, I got... I think maybe... Uh... I don't even remember what a giggle or two out of Hot Shots, maybe Loaded Weapon. I think back to the only like modern thing I can think of is The Other Guys, which is a movie I actually do find funny. Um, and that think I think that's like the only modern version I can think of after the glut of epic, scary, whatever movies. Now, see, that's interesting. That's the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about is like where exactly you draw the line because like. The Other Guys is technically like a parody of like buddy cop movies, Mm -hmm. but it's not the same type of movie where it's just like, you know, a character walks into a scene and there's someone in like a crazy chicken suit or something and it's a visual (laughs) psych gag or whatever. Like that is a movie to me, for my recollection, because I did see it back Mm -hmm. around the time it came out, where it's like, yes, it's, it's like a buddy, a buddy cop, like comedy. It's like a riff on those. But yep. it's not whatever you would call this. Like, it technically is right. a parody in a manner of speaking, but it's not like a slapstick movie. Or at least it's, it's not tough. just that. It, like, maybe there's some slapstick stuff in it. But I mean, there is, but there's just, well, it's almost like uh, maybe, like you said, like, you know, they're not just like walking down the street and there's suddenly like a chicken, guy in a chicken costume for no reason or something. But it's very like uh, absurdist, like things that would never happen in real life happen in that. To like that level of yeah, but that that's, extreme comedy, but it is still to me that's still a parody because it's still that's a parody the thing I'm wondering of. though, like uh, like yes, it is a parody because it is like a, a in a manner of speaking, it's a send up of a certain genre of movies, but the difference it, it, it's hard to even put into words. Like in my mind, something like Loaded Weapon One, which is a parody of buddy cop movies because it's you know mm-hmm. r- riffing on lethal weapon that is like what would you even call this genre are we just using the broad term it's a the parody film is what like the zucker zucker and abrams movies are like is that what we want to call it because that's i feel like that's kind of what they've always been referred to as parody movies i guess i tried to google this to see if there's like some standard name for it and i couldn't necessarily find exact so i saw some as slapstick just for the sake of argument Let's just say parody movie. Like that's that's what we mm-hmm. call it. It so like Naked Gun, 
Hot Shots, these are parody movies. That's their full mm-hmm. purpose is just to parody existing things. Whereas the other guys, it, it doesn't feel quite like that. Like that just feels like a comedy to me that happens to be riffing on like a specific kind of movie. But it's it's all about like that level of constant nonstop slapstick that like is the yeah. big difference. I would still lump it in. I don't see that as different. I think I feel like the other guys is probably like closer to the naked gun than it is like or maybe like hot shots and loaded weapon are like blatant ripoffs of like in this instance Top Gun and Lethal Weapon. Where like the naked gun to me isn't just like uh if it is like a direct parody of a certain particular film, I don't know what that is. Well what about like you have Spaceballs, which, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars, it's got references to Alien and stuff in it, but like that is a parody film of like sci-fi adventure movies. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. It's riffing on and parodying to a degree Star Trek, but those two movies don't even belong in the same ballpark to me. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't put those two together, yeah. And see, that's kind of the way I perceive the other guys. And it's not a difference of, like, I love Galaxy Quest, but, like, Spaceballs, mm-hmm. eh, it's not my thing. I don't love other guys, but, like, that and something like Loaded Weapon are completely different kinds of comedies to me. Like, they don't belong in the same ballpark like it sounds like they do for you. Yeah, I would still, I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't lump, say, Galaxy Quest and the other guys together because of, like, the level of, absurd things that happen i think that's for me that's what makes i mean maybe i just don't remember the other guys super well because i did only see it once but Mm -hmm. like you know loaded weapon has like guys in a in like a supermarket shooting a flamethrower and as it the flame passes over buckets of popcorn they like explode and popcorn comes flying out and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that kind of ridiculous thing whereas i don't perceive of the other guys as being that kind of movie it's like if you if you watch like the opening of the other guys it's i think like the rock drives his police car into like the side of a double-decker bus that then samuel jackson is driving the double-decker bus while the car is sticking out of it and then he does like a ridiculous like sideways maneuver so the whole thing like barrels into a department store that they fall into this explosion and then they just walk out like mm. it's maybe not as extreme where yeah. it's again it's like things like the naked gun where there's or these other ones where it's just like ludicrous shit in the background but i mean the other guys is far and away like a ludicrous movie i mean mm-hmm. like i said level, i might just not just remember things, it very well because yeah. it's like a thing i saw once and have not thought about since until this yeah. moment <laughs> but the uh the other like the other one for me like as i got to thinking about it more a movie that i am a big fan of and i have been since i first saw it that kind of does fit into this area and i i kind of feel like it doesn't again exactly belong on the shelf next to naked gun and hot shots but an argument could be made that it does is austin powers like it's obviously parodying yeah i would say you know james bond and old spy movies but it's almost like i don't even know how to describe it like that movie does have like the the sequences where like he's naked or the characters are naked and they're constantly just like at the last second having their genitals covered up by things and in visual mm-hmm. gags or when there's like 
you know, a, a something flying through the sky and it, people are looking up and saying like, oh, look, it's a, and then it cuts to somebody else like finishing a sentence yeah. and they keep making it sound like they're saying it's a dick or whatever. Like it has those exactly. parody movie type of things. But until I really stopped and thought about it in context of this episode, I never thought of it as a naked gun style parody movie before, but it kind of is. It kind of is. I think one thing maybe a distinction too is I don't and I don't remember, but besides like whatever characters Mike Myers is playing in those, like are all the other characters in the movies absurd or is it just like him and whoever he is, is just like a ridiculous thing doing ridiculous things. I mean, a lot of them are. I don't remember. You've got like, uh, like in the first one, Elizabeth Hurley, pretty much the female lead in all of them is sort of the straight man, even though they're wearing like skimpy crazy costumes mm-hmm. and things but you've got like dr evil's girlfriend frau farbisna who's just like this screaming german woman uh yeah and then you've got like um will ferrell as another one of the specter kind of guys who wears like a fez and <laughs> <laughs> i guess it does i would never have like thought of it as we're like think- thinking up the episode or like even as i was like thinking about other movies but yeah see it's almost like there's levels like it's oh there there are i would definitely say that it's undeniable that a movie like Hot Shots or Loaded Weapon, any of the ones we're talking about specifically for this episode, are like full on unabashed. The only reason they're here is to just do a lot of really dumb puns mm-hmm. and visual gags just to try and get every laugh out of this that they can. Right. And then there's something completely illogical, something in the middle, like Austin Powers, which the more I think about it, it really is kind of one of these movies, but it almost feels a little more plot driven. And, like, there's a little more of, like, a character arc, whereas, like, the characters in the movies for this episode, mm-hmm. it's, like, right. you don't really, they're just there as, like, a vessel for jokes. But, like, there's a little bit of, like, right. a, I kind of care about, like, the arc that Austin Powers goes on or whatever. And then there's movies closer to, like, the other guys or Galaxy Quest, for me, at least in my mind, where it's, like, yes, this is you know, talking about or, or referencing or parodying something, but it's like more of a quote unquote mm-hmm. real or its own movie than it is just a parody. Mm-hmm. Like it's taking those elements and then like doing its own thing. And then there's like normal real movies that aren't a parody at, uh, at all. <laughs> right. Like those are almost like the four stages I'm just making up right now on the spot. But <laughs> like, that's kind of how I perceive it. Yeah. It's almost like I, re- I, Again, just in name only, like what the hell do you even call these verses? Because it's like part of me would want to say like anything scary movie on like that glut of those is like so extreme parody because it's it's like parodying very specific things that are topical. Yeah. And are probably like extremely dated at this point versus maybe some of the older stuff is a little more timeless. Like yeah. I love airplane and I feel like that's like timeless forever, but it's, that's also the eighties. Mm-hmm. But is that because you, you saw it when you were younger? Like I didn't see airplane until uh, I was 18 years old. I remember because I had like just graduated high school and I was on a, my quote unquote senior trip after graduating. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I didn't have like some attachment to it or whatever. So it, I mean, I don't also remember really specifically my feelings. I just remember being like, yeah, I've seen it now, but it's not for me. I haven't seen it in forever. So it'd be one of those things. I mean, I I have no problem disassociating myself from nostalgia 
Like mm-hmm. nostalgia doesn't really like play into a lot of things for me. I feel like if I I like a thing, it's because I still like it, not because. So do you mean timeless I'm, more because of the things it's referencing, or yeah, like it's it's just like it's being slapsticky. It's not it's not being you know it's not directly referencing like some other movie at the time or something. It's just being like ludicrous. Well, know? I almost wonder like you know if something like Naked Gun or probably even Airplane you know, was most likely parodying or referencing things that we don't really know much about because we're from a younger generation. And so maybe that's why it feels timeless, but like to another person, it wouldn't because they'd recognize the things that it's commenting on. Cause like, I know something I've kind of had to reckon with a little bit is that like, you know, I watch, not that I ever do, but like I've seen some newer episodes of the Simpsons and -hmm. it just makes me grit my teeth that it feels like everything is a fucking reference to some like modern pop culture. And I do feel like the writing on that show is worse than it used to be, but like going back and rewatching old seasons of the show, it has a ton of like pop culture references. It's just, it was referencing things that like, I like when I was a kid topical to you. Yeah. And I wasn't, and I didn't like care about, I wasn't like, you know, focusing on that as much. And it referenced a lot of things back then that are now like grandfathered in as jokes that I didn't understand back then, but I do Mm -hmm. now, but it's because that joke already existed in my mind. Like before I realized what it was a reference to, that's like, I don't Mm -hmm. care. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's a tough situation right there. Cause it's again, it's like when you, when you like a thing, when you're younger, it's like, it can be tough to be like, do I actually still like this thing or yeah. do I just like it because I liked it before? So, But then also thinking about some of these movies, like obviously these are parodies of specific genres or mm-hmm. specific movies in the case of Loaded Weapon and uh, Hot Shots. But if you take parody and separate it from slapstick, like what did I say? Uh, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, uh, that isn't... I really, for the most part, to my knowledge, parodying like specific other films, it's just like we're going to take the medieval genre and do our thing with it. Right. That's what Naked Gun feels like to me versus the other two. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like taking on a specific movie. Right. Well, see, like I didn't write this down, so I don't remember what they are. But, you know, Naked Gun came out in uh, 88. 88. And so I was only three years old when that movie came out. Uh, and I did read that it was like people say that the things it was most obviously parodying were like these two specific like an old TV, like two old TV shows, I think, which I've never seen. So I don't know mm. what the direct mm-hmm. references are, which is kind of what we were saying before. But right. But no, I, I, I agree with you in general there. But but like if you like I'm, I've just been ever since like watching these movies for the episode, knowing that the conversation was going to come up, knowing that you already knew that I've you know stated that I'm not a big fan of these kind of movies. But then, you know, again, if you separate the parody, like we're directly referencing other movies or TV shows from the slapstick thing, like, is it I'm trying to figure out for myself, is it the parody that I've never been a fan of or is it just the straight slapstick? Because if you just want to talk straight slapstick, like I love you know, Tommy Boy, Ace Ventura, uh, mm-hmm. Austin Powers, like we talked about. Like, Yeah. 
I think I for me it, it it is that the slapstick like give me like anyone like getting blown up and they're throwing a <laughs> dummy across the room or into yeah. the ocean versus like something else like that stuff still to this day makes me laugh. Yeah, and I like that kind of stuff. I feel like it can kind of be overkill because in in these parody style movies, it does a lot of times feel like it's just like nonstop, relentless trying for for laughs like throwing 17 things at the wall and maybe one of them sticks for each particular mm-hmm. viewer or whatever whereas it feels like a movie like Ace Ventura or Austin yeah. Powers is more written and then reliant on the performance of like a specific funny person which I think I may be attached to a little more and then I stop and think like Weird Al makes an appearance in uh, Naked Gun I, I, a lot of people from like our age range love Weird Al. I've never been a fan. Like, I'm just not into that parody music. Like, I just don't like to listen to it. I don't find it particularly funny. And I'm wondering, like, does that translate over to like why I've never really been into parody movies? Like, it probably does. Yeah. It's just, it's just something that's never really done a whole lot for me in either music or, cause like, again, digging even deeper with me, when I was a kid, uh, because my grandmother was a big fan, I used to really love Ray Stevens, like the guy who made comedy music, like The Streak. It was like be his like most well-known song about a streaker at like a baseball game or whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know uh, Ray Stevens? <laughs> Not even a bit. Oh, yes, they call him The Streak. Nope. <laughs> Fastest thing on two feet. Oh, wow. We got to get you some Ray Stevens, <laughs> or maybe we don't. <laughs> Like, I really liked that music when I was younger. And it was humor music. It just wasn't parody. Whereas Weird Al is like, I'm going to take beat it and I'm going to change the words to eat it and maybe add Mm -hmm. some, uh, what do you call it, accordion or something. And it's like, not that there's no like talent or whatever to doing that. It's just something that I've never really cared for. But I've. I can show that I did like comedy music. So it's like, mm-hmm. like comedy movies, like comedy music, don't love parody movies, don't love parody music. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all Spaceballs fault for disrespecting Alien, I think. Is Where what... is that coming from? Did I ever actually say that or you I'm, just pulled no, my leg? I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure it came up once about There's the, no way that I would the, have the, actually the exa- said the part that of... like 100% <laughs> like honestly like that that movie disrespected Alien. <laughs> I'm going to stick to it, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to. That sounds like one of those things that you just <laughs> made up and uh, now it's lived in your head for so long that you think it's true. No, but I'm pretty sure. I don't know if there's any other example of that happening besides this, but um, I don't know. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're doing a lot of unpacking here with comedy. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, before we get in, uh, so you've seen Naked Gun. Had you seen either of the other two? No. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like we've been all over the place and potentially said some uh, scandalous things already, but do you, do you want to mm. just dive in and start talking about these movies? Scandal. Yes, please. <laughs> all right. So uh, first up from 1988, we have The Naked Gun from the Files of the Police Squad. Oh, I remember you, Trevin. Uh, what do you want? I want to ask you some questions. 
You familiar with that face? I don't know. My memory ain't so great. Oh, yeah? Maybe this will refresh your memory. I don't know. It's still kind of hazy. How about this? Yeah, I remember him. I used to see him around. Why do you want to know? I can't tell you that. Well, maybe this will help. I really don't think I should. Yeah, you still don't think so? All right, his name is Nordberg. He's a cop. He was no cop. He was dealing H. What? I'm telling you, he was dirty. Oh, you snubbling scum. I ought to run you in right now. All right, all right. He worked at Ludwig's shipping. He tried to push something on one of my boys. I swear it. So what are you going to do about it, copper? Well, why should I tell you? Maybe this will help. I still don't think I should tell you. Can you spot me a 20? How about now? All right, I'm going down to Ludwig's office. I'll find out if you're telling the truth. So is police squad a thing? Yeah, so I kind of knew this. I looked it up to get the details. Police Squad was a television series. Okay. So Naked Gun is actually a spinoff of a television series. Was it Goofy? Yeah, it was It was created by Zucker Zucker and, well, so here's a question. I've always <laughs> heard the names Zucker Zucker and Abrams. Never heard it before in my life. Really? They're like the guys who created this genre, like with uh, Naked Gun and... Like, okay, so Jerry Zucker, David Zucker, and Jim Abrams. Or the mm-hmm. the thing I wanted to bring up, which I guess I can't have a conversation with you about this because you've never heard their names, but mm. like it's just like Zucker Zucker and Abrams. Oh, it's a Zucker Zucker and Abrams movie, which just says like, oh, it's a parody movie like Naked Gun. That's just like in the you know, the public consciousness terminology mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people at least. Um I've always heard Zucker Zucker and Abrams, but the guy's name is spelled Abrahams. And I'm just like, is this like a Bernstein Bears situation? Oh, man. The fractal universe changed things. Yeah, I'm like writing things down in my notes for the episode. And I'm like, Abrahams. No, it's it's Zucker Zucker and Abrams. Everyone has always said Zucker Zucker and Abrams. I've never heard Zucker Zucker and Abrahams. Yeah, I don't have any frame of reference. Part of me feels like you're making this up because I've never heard of this. <laughs> Every now and then we have one of these instances where, like, I feel like I would never have this with Brian because I've known him, you know, longer. But, like, you and I, very good friends, but have only known each other for, like, a little over 10 years. And there's these weird little pockets of things that have just never come up. Uh-huh. And one of us will, like, think something is ubiquitous. And then the other one will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And I guess yes. this is one of them. It's it's regional also, and uh, which always tends to be a laugh sometimes with our <laughs> our food convos or or sweet treats. But you know, just to just to give you an idea, so those three guys basically created the genre, um, as far as I can tell. With uh, what? With uh, well, Police Squad. Um, they also are responsible for either writing, directing, or producing. Airplane, Top Secret, Hot Shots 1 and 2, uh, some of the scary movies. It looks like Scary Movie 3, 4, and 5 they were involved with. Like all the, like, like introducing Leslie Nielsen to the parody genre. Like all this comes from those guys. Gotcha. Uh, Wrongfully Accused, um, just all those kind of movies. Basketball is one that uh, David Zucker, I think, directed. Uh Okay. But anyway. Uh, God, taking like three steps back from <laughs> detours we've already gotten on. Uh, Police Squad, the mm-hmm. TV show. If it spawned a movie like this, which then spawned successful sequels, how many episodes of the show do you think there were? Twelve. Nope. Six. <laughs> it was canceled after six episodes in 1982, and somehow it spawned a popular film franchise six years later. How? I don't know. 
I have that's just, no idea. That's wild Hollywood. People just throwing around cocaine money, Millsy, and being like, yeah, I'll just go make the movie. Who cares? Yeah, like at that point, like I read that. Um, so Leslie Nielsen was the star of the show as Frank Drebin. He was like the same character. Mm-hmm. Some of the other characters in the movie were in the show, like uh, O.J. Simpson's character, but Nordberg. it was played by a different actor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they even changed the name a little. I think it was originally Norberg, and they changed it to Nordberg in this for some reason. Because it's funnier? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, the character that uh, George Kennedy plays, Captain Ed Hawken, he was also played by a different actor on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only returning cast from the show are Leslie Nielsen, the guy who plays kind of Q from James Bond, who creates the gadgets in the lab in one scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Um, the really tall guy whose head is always off the top of the oh, frame. See, <laughs> I love it. was like two scenes. They just have a really tall cop. Yeah. <laughs> so those actors are left over from the show, but, uh, and like a couple, like maybe six or seven total characters are from the show. But like at that point, if you're like, how many people even like from 1982 to 1988, when this movie came out, like remembered or fondly remembered the show, right. like couldn't they have just said, yeah, we're going to do a similar thing. Like why'd they have to s- call it naked gun from the files of the police right. squad? Like at that point, the show was a failure. I would think you're only going to hurt it by yeah, totally. confusing people with who've either never heard of it or don't remember it fondly. I also, this would have been the only time I ever would have guessed it had that subtitle. That was news to me until watching this. Yeah. I just always thought it was naked gun. It's one of those things where I like half peripherally knew that bit of trivia, like didn't know all the details, but knew that it had that subtitle and it was because of a TV show. But I was surprised to read that it only lasted six episodes. You know what? Sidebar. You know what other random cop related TV show movie I grew up watching? Was it the one where it's a musical and they sing? Nope. I don't think. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no Uh, idea what you're talking about. Yeah, there was a cop show. I don't remember the name. This is, again, it's one of these like half-remembered <laughs> things, but I know it existed. I, uh, cop Rock is what it was called. And it was a, a television show, I think like a half-hour show that was like a cop show, like NYPD Blue or something, but it was a musical where like it, it, it was like a Disney film broke out into song constantly with the cops. Ter- terrible. Like that's no. a real thing that exists, and I think you can get it on DVD or Blu-ray from like Shout Factory or something. Huh. No, but you were saying, what did you used to watch? Uh, Dragnet, the movie, mm. which was like, I'm pretty sure it's Tom Hanks and um, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. I used to watch that all the time. I don't remember anything. I don't even remember if it was like slapsticky and shit or if it was just a comedy, but I know that was based on a show. Yeah. So. Never seen the movie. Never seen the show. No, they both existed. Okay. A- adding it to a trifecta. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Police Squad. There was a show. They decided mm-hmm. to turn it into a movie franchise. And despite the fact that the show didn't go over, the movie was a huge success. Uh, budget for this was $12 million, And in 1988, it made $152.4 in the box office. What title do you like better? Hot Shots Part Two or The Naked Gun Two and a Half? 22 and a Half. Is it 22 and a Half or, or is Two and a Half? Two and a Half and then 33 and a Third right. is the third one. Which one do you like better? Which one's a better gag for Milsey? Um, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really, <laughs> I'm neither here nor there. Like, I don't love You're like, I hate these them. movies so much. I don't care. That's no, also an answer. Like, yeah. Um, part do is like harder to say. 
Okay. I feel like there's a lot of people who would like read that, you know, back in 1990, whatever, in the newspaper and would be like, hey, you want to go see Hot Shots Park Ducks? (laughs) You know, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. (laughs) All right. Let me ask you another question. Uh, yes growing up did you ever have in your circle of people that there was a rumor movie Spaceballs 3 the search for two no i've never heard of that okay that a thing i've never googled i don't know if anyone else there but i can't remember being a kid and that was always like that was always i shouldn't say always but that was a thing i heard that someday there'd be a Spaceball sequel Spaceballs 3, The Search for Two. I mean, isn't there still talk about that nowadays? I don't know. Is there? I mean... I feel like that's one of those things that people just never fucking let go, that they want more Spaceballs, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's one of those things that I'm I'm not on board with mm-hmm. personally. Like, if it happens, okay, whatever. It's no sweat off my back, but I'm not personally aching for a sequel no. to Spaceballs. At this point, no. We know how decades later sequels go. Yeah, as it is, the first one, you know, offended Alien, apparently, according to me, yeah. according to you. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> so I don't know what else they would do in a sequel. So. For, for your sake, I don't want them to do that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, John Hurt's dead, so he can't be a part of the travesty oh, anymore. All right. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Pulling out for my boy. Mm-hmm. Um, please squad. Gosh, I'm not even sure. We're, we're, we're all over the fucking eh, place. We're talking about police sure We're talking about anymore. So... Yeah, the Naked Gun. Um, it was okay. Like it's fine. I there were there were maybe two parts that I actually laughed, mm-hmm. and I read a thing. I think it was Ebert. Maybe it <laughs> it might not have been about this movie, but Ebert wrote about one of these movies that it's the kind of movie that makes you laugh, and then you laugh at yourself for laughing <laughs> at it. And like that was kind of the reaction I had. The the one real laugh that this movie gave me <laughs> was when uh the the like attractive woman is up on a ladder wearing a dress <laughs> and Leslie Nielsen looks up and he just says in that like Leslie Nielsen deadpan, he just goes, Nice beaver. <laughs> And then like a, a two beat passes and then she hands down a stuffed beaver and says like, thanks, I just had it stuffed yesterday. <laughs> like not even that, not the payoff of the joke, just mm. him looking up and seeing this beaver. Right. It made me laugh. There, there's some parts of the movie that like I thought it was like that moment where I thought the the humor was clever, but it didn't really make me laugh. Like I liked the gag where he's on the dock and he's like bribing the guy to give him information. Yeah. And then the guy ends up bribing him right back and they're just passing the same $20 back and forth. Like that Mm -hmm. was a good bit of writing, but it it wasn't like laugh out loud funny to me. You can like appreciate it for the humor, but it didn't give you a guffaw. Yeah. So like there's some clever stuff in here, but the only real laugh I can remember was the, the beaver line. Um, what did you think of Ricardo Maltabon with an Uzi? Uh, he's he's fine. He makes a good bad guy. <laughs> no, particularly him with an Uzi. I, I read that they cast him explicitly because of Wrath of Khan because oh. they thought he would be a good bad guy. Interesting. I starting out, I was I watched these in chronological release order, so I watched this first. How long had it been since you last saw it? Since you'd seen this before, De- decades. Okay. I mean, not not in my adult life had I seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not sure at what point 
I like found myself laughing, but for a bit of the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to be in trouble here. But I don't know, like, just at some point, there was a couple of times that I like got a big laugh. So I was like kind of happy about that because I was really going in expecting. And I was like, this this could be a rough, a rough going for all three movies. Hmm. There was, you know how, you know how I get, sometimes I'll get a, get a laugh going and then I just kind of lose control and I get mm-hmm. enough tears in my eyes. It, it could sometimes seemingly be the stupidest things, but there's a part where um, it might be right after Leslie Nielsen for like first meets, it's Priscilla Presley. And yep. he's like, they're walking down a hallway. I don't remember. It might be the right before the beaver scene, to be honest. <laughs> uh, they're, uh, I'm going to describe this. And people are going to be like, that's what made you uh, keel over laughing. But yes. I mean, that's whenever anybody like. Right. Just, imagine, just think back to any time someone told you about the funniest YouTube video they've ever seen and they right. love it and you just don't get it. <laughs> right. And then they force you to watch it and it's awkward because you don't really. Yeah. Right. It, it goes without saying that describing it. comedy is not as good as yeah. experiencing. Well, anyway, so they're walking down the hallway and he's like, he's kind of like like hitting on her he's saying all this stuff about her and like he says this one line where it's like he's like oh he's like you got legs you got legs a guy could just suck on he says that but then immediately after that she's looking back at him and then she turns and she walks right into the door frame (laughs) just that like quick one to it i was dying i was was like wasn't expecting i think it was actually right before the beaver bit probably and it could have been that that just kind of got me got me going and then i did notice like a lot with this one there is like a hit now not necessarily make me laugh but there is a hit to 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 get someone to laugh like every three to four seconds in this movie it's either someone saying something or something weird in the background or there's like never it doesn't take a breath at all when it's trying to get some kind of laugh there's always something Big or small. I would agree that this movie is like, like I said before, it's like throwing 17 things at a wall and hoping Mm -hmm. one sticks. Mm -hmm. I would agree that this movie is breakneck with its humor until I watched the subsequent two films, which crank it up to 11. (laughs) And it's almost like annoying. Like I can't, I couldn't process each reference and joke because right. I didn't have enough time before the next thing was happening. Like this one feels like a casual stroll right. compared to those other two. Yeah, I agree completely. Like I think this yes, was the, right. this was the pace of this one was good. Um, because there's even like, and of course you know it's always back to like our love of practical effects. But there's like there's just one random ass thing where like Leslie Nielsen, I think they're in the police station. And he's like well, talking to someone. It he might walks be the, around the wall. He walks around the wall. And it's yeah. like, dude, that is such a throwaway nothing gag that made me laugh that someone had to build just for like yeah. a second of screen time. That was one of those clever things that I liked, but I didn't laugh at. It's like they're walking and talking like they do in movies. And, and the guy goes guys through, guys a door, through a door. And, and Leslie Nielsen just walks around the edge of the <laughs> right. set. Like, like yeah, that was that was good. That got a laugh out of me. Um, you know, there's there's fun stuff like when they're in the hospital with OJ and uh, Leslie Nielsen like falls in the middle of the bed. And so it's like the hospital bed folds up mm-hmm. and you don't realize until it's happening that OJ had fake legs the whole time on the bed. <laughs> right. And it's like his head is between his ankles. Like, right, right. again, I didn't laugh. But it's like it. My mind processed that is, oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Well, there <laughs> was. Know? 
another point I could think of that I got a good laugh it wasn't even like a physical gag, but it was when that same scene in OJ's like he's kind of like passing out and he's go he's trying to tell Leslie Nielsen about the that whole drug deal the on the boat. boat. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like he's he's in and out and he's kind of talking like he's just like he's like heroin. And like Leslie Nielsen like <laughs> he leads in and he's like he's like. Norberg, he's like, that's a tall order. That's gonna take me a couple of days or whatever. So it's like, like he thinks he wants him yeah, to get because him. Because he, he's <laughs> like, kind of in pain. and out, and he yeah. says like boat, and then Liz and Nielsen doesn't realize he's telling him about this yeah, boat exactly. that he saw. So he's like, yeah, we can go boating when you get better, just yeah. like we did last summer. And then he's like, heroin. Like, Jeez, Norberg, yeah. that's a tall order. Huh? Oh, that got me. So there was some physical gags, and then there was a couple good like lines that just made me laugh. I wasn't like keeled over the whole time, but I did. I was surprised at some random things. I, I did laugh watching it. So I was kind of happy about that, especially when I was expecting it to be like, uh, kind of brutal. So, mm-hmm. so that worked for me. Um, I like Leslie Nielsen. I think he's like, uh, perfect for that role. And he carries the movie for sure anyways, but, um, he's really good at that deadpan thing. Oh, and just totally. like, you know, I, I would love to see if there were behind the scenes like outtakes where he like was cracking up like you kind of have to imagine. But then at the same time, he's known so much for doing these things. I wonder if he's just on set, if he's like stone cold, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, he, right. he never breaks. But right. this would be the kind of thing like I would love to see a clip of someone saying something and then Leslie Nielsen losing it because I'm so used <laughs> right. to him just yeah. being like, I'm the guy who just talks like this all the time and I'm serious, but everything around me is ridiculous, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. So this kind of breaks the fourth wall. We don't do this a whole lot because we (laughs) often bank these episodes. But how crazy is it? Like, what what a weird coincidence that we're watching this movie where a major plot point of the film is Queen Elizabeth II and she just died this week. Mm Mm-hmm. As we're recording. It's pretty wild. Like, I'm watching the movie and they mention her and I was like, oh, wow, that's a weird coincidence. And then, like, she's a character in the film. And I was like, wow, this is weird. And, like, someone's trying to murder her and she just died. And I was like, ooh, this is weird <laughs> coincidence. Reggie Jackson out there. Trying yeah. to kill her. Um, leading up to it, because I've seen the sequels, but they're all just, like, because I've seen them so long ago, I don't remember what was in what. Like, I re- particularly remember the thing about the queen and like the body condom that's in this movie, that whole yeah, see that's that the kind gag. of that's the kind of joke that for whatever reason I was just like really like this is like they're shooting for the fences here and it ain't working for me right. at all when they're wearing the condoms. So those like stood out to me as things I remember, but I didn't know which movie they were in. So it was when it was in both, I was like I laughed, especially with the Queen. I like laughed to Megan. I was like I was like holy shit, they try to kill the Queen in this movie, and you know it was the day after she died is when I watched it. Mm. So, yeah. and I and I think I don't know if it's actually Reggie Jackson or some random that is person. actually Reggie Jackson in the film. No, on uh, someone had like posted on Twitter like saying like, "See, I told you I didn't do it," or something like some oh. kind of like Reggie Jackson kills the wow. joke. I know, <laughs> I know. So. Well, just coincidentally, like, I don't know anything about Queen Elizabeth, but because she died, I caught like part of a news thing. And because I live in Maryland, uh, they did this whole little news story about like, remember the time in the 90s when Queen Elizabeth came to Baltimore and went to a uh, an Orioles game? It was like the Orioles versus the Oakland A's, I think. And it was like the first time she'd ever been to a, an American baseball game. And um, I guess... Reggie Jackson was there and like 
shook her hand or something mm-hmm. like and they like he had like tried to kill her character in, in a movie like a couple years earlier or something like that and uh-huh. like it was just all these weird coincidences coming together that like this movie had to do with queen elizabeth in a baseball game and then i she uh, died uh, and i saw the thing on the news about how she really came to a baseball game near where i live and it was just kind of weird amazing i love it uh but speaking of that actress uh her name is jeanette charles and um She's been in a couple of movies, mainly because she looks a lot like Queen Elizabeth, and she has played her in no less than 10 films, or, you know, thinly veiled versions of her, like the Queen instead of Queen Elizabeth exactly. Mm -hmm. But she was in, like, uh, in addition to this, she was in National Lampoon's European Vacation as -hmm. the Queen. She was in uh, Austin Powers' Gold Member as the Queen, and then, like, a bunch of other stuff. Wow. Like, that's what she was known for. Like, her IMDb is just her as the queen because she looks like her, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. Wow. All right. Yeah, with this with this movie, like, aside from just doing the thing that we've kind of already done, which is like, oh, let me just, like, recite to you a gag from the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I have a ton else to say about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that's the, the gist of these things. I mean, no, no, uh, no surprise there. I mean, it's. I mean, what is even the, I don't even remember, what is his, the bad guy's angle to kill the queen? Um, Like, why does he want the queen dead? What is the reason for it? Um, Someone's paying him to do it. I remember that. Because wasn't the guy who was paying him to do it, his name was Papschmir, which I feel like they thought was a lot funnier than I did. (laughs) Same. Um, like that's one of those things where it's like, did like did they think this was going to bring the house down? Maybe it did in nineteen eighty eight, but did. I'm watching that's it and I'm just like rolling my eyes the entire every time they say his name, kind of like right. that condom scene. I was just like, oh come on, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean that could have killed because who knows what the comedy was in eighty eight, right? So yeah, um, yeah. I honestly, I it's like because so much of this movie is just like visual gags and like puns Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of like plot to hang your hat on. I'm having trouble remembering a lot of what even happens in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) And I only watched it like, uh, two days ago. (laughs) Uh, same. And yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, he's got, he's got the watch, uh, the, he's got like a car door, like clicky device, like a key fob kind of thing. And he, when he presses the button, if you're wearing this watch, it makes you want to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't remember why he wanted the queen dead. Right. I really yeah, don't. It's, it's used to kill, try to kill different people throughout the movie, but ultimately it's to get the queen for whatever reason. Yeah. But he doesn't succeed, Milzy. No. Frank Drebin saves the day. Yeah, like I said before, Weird Al has a cameo as himself. Uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence Tierney. Plays the uh, Angels team manager. He's, uh, you know, the boss in Reservoir Dogs that sends them all on the job. You're Mr. Pang. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's also uh, Elaine's father on one episode of Seinfeld. Okay. And Reggie Jackson plays himself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't hey. I don't have a ton else to say yeah. about this movie. The, the, uh, the behind, behind the scenes is lost to the ages on these ones, I think, so... Yeah, I was kind of commenting to you before we started recording that, like, a lot of times I try and find, like, interesting factoids and behind-the-scenes info, and for all three of these movies, there's, like, none. Like, if you click on the trivia on uh, IMDb, 
it's not actual trivia like, oh, this happened behind the scenes. It's just people posting like, oh, this was a reference to that. Mm-hmm. And in this scene, this is what this joke meant. And it's just like, that's not really all that interesting. <laughs> so. Let's move right on. All right. Uh, coming up only three years later, in 1991, we have Hot Shots. Those are some long legs. I just had them lengthened. Now they go all the way up. Wow. Well, it's nice to see you again. I was really impressed the way you handled that stallion. You know, when I saw you dig your heels into his sides, tighten up the reins and break his spirit, I never wanted to be a horse so much in my life. Maybe after I finish off this shrink, we can head out for a quick canter in the meadow. Lieutenant, I am the shrink. You're the psychiatrist? That's what the diploma says. I've never been to a psychiatrist before. You will be gentle. Lieutenant Harley, I've been ordered to review your records. You were discharged from the service 18 months ago for willful insubordination. You disobeyed a direct order and uh, lost a $30 million fighter in the process. Yes, I did. Uh, but I'm paying it off at uh, 10 bucks a week, and I wouldn't be doing that if I'd gotten an extra collision coverage. What year did Top Gun come out? You know, I didn't think to look it up. Probably like 88, 89, if I had to guess. Like, it couldn't have been long before this, right? I would think so. Like, if you're going to parody a specific movie, that movie has to have been out, like, pretty recently, right? 86. Like, if you're going to hang your entire film. 86? That's weird. It took five years before they parodied that movie? I mean, I know there's other parodies in this. Like, there's a scene parodying Superman, the original, from, like, 78 or whatever. But it's far and away. It could just be called, like, Slop Gun or something. It's it's so much (laughs) like Top Gun. Like, no joke. So... I haven't, as of this recording, I have not seen Top Gun Maverick, mm-hmm. just because I've I've never been the biggest Top Gun fan. I don't care that much. I'll watch it eventually. But I th- I tried to go see it with my father when it was like just out because he wanted to go. But since it was just out and it's very popular, uh, the, the showing was sold out, so we didn't get to see it, and we ended up watching the new shitty Jurassic World movie instead. Mm-hmm. But I tell you all that to say that. I had seen Top Gun once, like back in the early 2000s, maybe. Wasn't a huge fan, moved on with my life. I finally did rewatch it in anticipation of seeing the new Top Gun movie. So I did rewatch Top Gun recently. If I hadn't, I don't know how much of the like references and things in this I would have gotten. Like I would have broadly known it was a parody of Top Gun, yeah. but like. There's so much about that movie that I had forgotten in the ensuing 20 years or whatever since I saw it mm-hmm. that I just so happened to have refreshed for me recently from that rewatch. I just watched Top Gun for the first time within oh. the last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like within the last six months, I found I just never watched it. We were a Iron Eagle family growing up, so I um, <laughs> didn't see any Top Gun. Air Force One. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> or Con Air, uh, Con Air and Air Force One for me. Um, so yeah, I never saw Top. It's fine, you know. I mean, I I guess I, I could see why it was an iconic '80s movie. I mean, it's not. Uh, it was still like a good time. Yeah, I love all the parts of it better than the the whole. You know. Yeah. Like it's got a good cast of like people from that era. It's got some awesome like, uh, you know, Tony Scott mm-hmm. visuals. And, like, the music and, like, the ridiculous, like, uh, volleyball scene right, and everything. Right. But, like, 
combine all those things together, and I don't feel like the movie is amazing yeah, it's not, the way a lot of people see it. Yeah, it's it not like particularly compelling. Oddly enough, watching um, Hot Shots, I noticed like I think it's the first credit that comes up at the end, and they say like who the second unit director was that did all the flying scenes is like a different mm-hmm. person. I don't know if you noticed that, but seemingly it seemed like they they definitely went for like dynamic jet fighter footage in hot shots yeah i mean there was a fair amount of it in there like it would have had to either be stuff that they shot for the movie Mm -hmm. to fit in with the scenes that they were doing or like stock footage that they worked around but yeah no they had a second unit for that in particular i don't i don't know the particulars i just again i I think it's the first credit that comes up at the end that doesn't surprise me too much yeah so i thought that was interesting actually that they they really wanted to make sure there was good jet action yeah. Um, like you said, this movie um, does not take a breath when it comes to jokes. <sighs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, there is a more, I think, than dialogue wise, there's just a visual joke at all times. Mm-hmm. There is a something on the screen always. If it's anytime they're showing like the outside of the aircraft carrier, it's like five shots of like different jets and you know one guy's taking his groceries out and then one guy's parking in the handicap spot and it's just, it's mm-hmm. just it just does not let up or just in like the dialogue like while their characters are talking and normally they'd be saying things like foxtrot charlie or whatever but they're just <laughs> right. saying like the names of like michael jackson's siblings mm-hmm. from the jackson five in place of those and just like th- it's just so rapid fire that sometimes you feel like you just don't have time to process everything totally but Unlike Naked Gun, though, I don't know if I can recall a joke that actually made me laugh in this. Um, same. Nothing is jumping out at me that I was, I got a, an actual laugh. I mean, it had things kind of like the condoms from Naked Gun where I was like, really? This is what we're doing? Or like, what are we doing right now? Like, the whole uh like cooking breakfast on her stomach mm. sequence mm-hmm. went on quite a while too it goes on really long and then they call back to it at the end <laughs> right. and i don't remember from my recent watch of hot of uh yeah hot shots of uh top gun is there a scene at all like that in in top gun <sighs> i don't even remember to be honest. Like I try to think of like what comes to my mind is Armageddon, which came out years after this, where it's like the cooking. Uh, yeah, the the animal cracker on Liv Tyler's stomach. Um, there's kind of a thing like that, but it's Matchbox Cars and it's in Days of Thunder, which is Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Which I don't. That's know. probably what they were referencing. Yeah. But like, it's just weird that like he's cooking. Yeah, and it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be like a weird thing to maybe make someone laugh. But the fact that it goes on, it goes so on long, so long. Like it's, it's like, it made me think like, are they directly referencing something? I'm just not getting. Like but, they do the full like lumberjack breakfast. It's not just like he doesn't do a piece of yeah. bacon and an egg. It's like no, he goes. There's a, some griddle on there. You know, there's a hash brown <laughs> yeah. on there. There's all types of stuff. One thing I just want to get off my chest up top, and mm. uh, this is partially because I just rewatched another movie with this person. Mm-hmm. But um, so we were praising Leslie Nielsen and saying, like, you know, it feels like he's kind of cut out for these kind of things. He's good at it or whatever. I don't like Charlie Sheen in this. I think he's just he's as the lead. He's just not like cut out for it the way that someone like Leslie Nielsen is. And I kind of wonder if that's not just because I don't really like Charlie Sheen, 
not even as a person because he's like a nut, mm-hmm. but I just recently, apropos of nothing, like two weeks ago, rewatched Platoon just because I hadn't seen it in a long time, mm-hmm. you know. Best Picture winner of the year it came out, uh, you know, the cr- critically beloved film. And rewatching it, I feel like he is, he's the lead. He's the weak link of the cast for me. Like, I feel like everybody else is better in that movie than him. And I couldn't help but think, like, man, at that time, if Tom Cruise had been the lead, I feel like it would have been way better. I just, I feel like I I don't like Charlie Sheen, or more broadly, he's just not a very good actor. You know, it's curious to say that, because um, growing up, I could even consider myself a Charlie Sheen fan, based on the trifecta of Major League. Which I've never seen. Um, seminal 1990 action movie Navy Seals with Michael, which I do with like Michael Bean and The Chase with Christy Swanson. Yeah, which I also like. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know how much of that I can attribute to him. Yeah, because I actually agree with you completely about Hot Shots. Like he doesn't. I mean, Navy Seals is a it's an ensemble, you know, it's an ensemble action movie. It's got Michael Bean. It's got Bill Paxton. Yeah, I remember like kind of next to nothing about because it's been so long since I've seen it. But that was a movie I used to watch a lot when I was a kid. Like mm-hmm. me playing with GI Joes and like watching those kind of like war movies <laughs> was like big. So, and I used to—I mean, the chase I've seen dozens of times. I used to watch that all the time. And then Major League, but again, that's big ensemble and just a funny movie. But yeah, it's like I don't necessarily think of anything. For him, because that's another comedy that makes me like laugh as him as being like a comedic lead. So I don't think he is. I don't know if I I wouldn't say. I mean, he has the look, which I think is what made him so popular back then. Like it's totally I totally understand why if they're riffing on Tom Cruise at the time, they'd go with him. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, Oh, totally. But yeah, I don't know. I just find him dull in this. uh... Yeah, I don't think he did anything funny in this movie. No, it's like he's doing things that are meant to be funny, but it's just like even even though I wasn't laughing out loud at the things that uh, Leslie Nielsen was doing in Naked Gun, I can still point to like, oh, it was a well-accomplished scene it, like where they were doing the, the bribery thing on the dock like right. I talked about. Like you get why it would be funny. Yeah, like in this movie, I don't know, I just feel like Charlie Sheen, not not great. He just wasn't doing it for me yeah. the whole time. Uh, the weak link is the, the, the best way to put that, I think. Yeah, but I mean, as it is, like, Carrie Elways is in it, and, you know, um, he's been in other movies like this, for example, Robin Hood, print, uh, Men in Tights, Men in tights mm-hmm. uh, which I have seen, I don't remember super fondly or super well, but, like, you know, he's playing kind of the dick in this, and he, he wasn't, like, blowing my mind or anything either. Mm-hmm. I think the person whose deliveries were the best and was actually probably the funniest to me was Lloyd Bridges. For sure. And that was a role that apparently they offered to uh, Leslie Nielsen, and he turned it down. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Geez, now that you say that, I was like, oh, God, I was. I feel like there was something. I don't know. He, you know, I think I might have actually gotten a giggle only from him because at some point I noticed, like, almost every time he talks, he's talking about like some weird part of his body that's been like replaced in Vietnam, or he has yeah. ceramic eyes because of Nam or something. I think was the line that did actually make me laugh, which I think might've mm-hmm. been the only thing I remember laughing at, but yeah, he was kind of like a bright spot cast wise. Yeah. He was just kind of aloof and fun. Yeah, for sure. Like a useless admiral. 
one of the parts that I do remember, like having that moment of like, oh, this is this is clever, but it, you know, again, didn't exactly make me laugh. Was towards the end of the movie when is it John Cryer? Yes, um, he's like uh, kind of looking at the radar during the final action scene, and he's like, there's you know something coming in at twelve o'clock, and uh, Lloyd Bridges is like, he looks at his watch and he's like, oh, twelve o'clock? <laughs> oh, that means we have twenty five minutes. I'm going out to get a burger <laughs> as he's like turning right. around, like funny little moment but Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean there's a lot of that they go i mean like we said before i think it goes a lot to on more on references than naked gun yeah direct references to other movies and things where it almost becomes like you know just is this recognizable rather than is it funny right we're gonna do this just because someone might know what we're referencing rather than we're gonna do it because it's a good idea or going to be actually comedic and again like the the movies from the 2000s i feel like that was their thing it was just like there's a thing in here that you'll know and that should be funny enough not that it's actually a joke yeah to go back to it for like the third time from my recollection in scary movie the matrix thing yeah like has nothing to do with horror movies or anything they just put it in because people would recognize mm-hmm. it because the matrix was big in the years preceding the film's release yep totally and yeah so in this there was a lot of that just like even you know superman had come out over a decade before but like they're directly referencing a scene from superman with charlie scene wearing a superman costume mm-hmm. and yeah it's just yeah, it really it really makes me question, like, are these jokes or are they just references? And at what point does that matter if it's, like, working for someone? Yeah, if it makes you it laugh, doesn't work for me, I'm just right. like, nah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm with you. Especially, I think it's tough, too, like, watching something 30 years after it came out, reference-wise, which can really, like, you know, fall flat, like, for us, like, yeah. watching this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to Charlie Sheen, Carrie Elways, and Lloyd Bridges, this also has Kevin Dunn, who's been in a thousand things. Mm-hmm. Was he the the one that like double crosses the, yeah. the program or whatever? He's in Marked for Death, Chaplin, Dave, Nixon, Godzilla, Small Soldiers, Snake Eyes, Stir of Echoes, Live Free or Die, Hard. Transformers. Yeah, he's in just a thousand things. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cryer, like I mentioned, who later would be on Two and a Half Men with Charlie Sheen. Right. Uh, Christy Swanson in kind of a nothing part as like, like the female like, pilot. I feel like two shots, three shots. Yeah, maybe. she's there in like some crowd scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't even realize this was him until the end of the movie. Like I knew he was in the sequel because I've seen scenes from it, but he plays a different character in the sequel. But Ryan Stiles from Drew Carey's show and Whose Line Is It Anyway mm-hmm. is the mailman, like the one pilot in like the flashback scenes oh, with uh, okay. yeah, yeah. with Charlie Sheen's dad. Yeah. And then again, another Seinfeld uh, person from this episode is uh, Heidi Swedberg, who plays, what was the guy's name? Uh, There was um, Washout, which was the guy who, like, they called him that because obviously he's going to, like, get kicked out. Well, then the other guy was going to die. Dead Meat. (laughs) Dead Meat, yes. Yeah, his, his, like, wife in the movie, she's, like, in one scene, is uh, Susan from Seinfeld, who Mm. was engaged to George for like two seasons or something like that. Okay. Uh, if I, if you know anything about Seinfeld, she's the one who died from licking poisoned uh, envelopes for their wedding invitations. I did not know that. I know next to nothing <laughs> yeah. about si- uh, Seinfeld. And Well, that was her. That was Susan. All right. I like it. 
And then Charles Barkley in one I mean, shot of the movie plays himself. Not even a scene, like a literal shot. A shot, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is another one where it's just like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's not a whole lot of a plot. There's like, you know, nuclear stuff and... Kind of just nonsense. Setups for never-ending Yeah, a review joke. for this kind of movie can be tough. <laughs> yeah, that's, which is fine. Like, I'm not praising a ton of the performances in this, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of a plot to speak of, mm-hmm. and you don't want it to just devolve into, let me describe all the parts that might have been funny, but... Right. Uh, it's okay, Millsy. This is new gr- new ground <laughs> for us. Yeah. Uh, budget of $26 million for this one, which is over double what Naked Gun was. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, box off is $181.1 million, So Ooh, That's a big... I mean... Yeah, this type of movie firing on all cylinders at this point. Yeah, wow. I mean, I could see why they made more of those, too. And so, Naked Gun was directed by David Zucker and written by Jerry Zucker, David Zucker, Jim Abrams, and uh, a guy named Pat Proft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Proft was also writer of uh, Police Academy, Bachelor Party, Real Genius, All Three Naked Guns, Both Hot Shots, Mr. Magoo, Wrongfully Accused, which also had Leslie Nielsen, and Scary Movies 3 through 5. Uh, he also co-wrote this with Jim Abrams, and this this one was one of the like two or three movies directed by Jim Abrams, or Abrahams, whatever. Oh boy. I'm gonna reopen the Bifrost, Millsy. <laughs> Oh, and I forgot to mention, I wanted to bring this up because, again, I'm very familiar with, you know, Zucker, Zucker, and Abrams are the guys who Mm -hmm. make parody movies. But Uh I found it fascinating that among all the stupid comedies in their uh, repertoires, Jerry Zucker also directed the movie Ghost. Wow. Which, who would have ever thought that based on the, the kind of movies he normally makes? He also directed First Night with Martin Lawrence and Rat Race. There are some of these, like, you know, whatever level directors, man, that they just, like, will bounce around from the weirdest, most different properties. Yeah, it's just weird that, like, his career is, like, all comedies and then Ghost, which is, like, you know, kind of supernatural drama, mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. Like, might have even been, like, nominated for some Academy Awards or something. Like, I probably, Yeah, it probably was, actually. And then... um David Zucker, I think I already mentioned, he directed Basketball. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's this similar kind of movie. A movie that I really love, actually, that uh, Zucker, Zucker, and Abrams did, which is a comedy, but it's not one of these parody films, is Ruthless People with uh, Bette Midler and Judge Reinhold. Nah, I don't know that one. That is a legitimately hilarious movie. Uh, a couple years ago, I don't remember why, Brian and I did a marathon of Judge Reinhold movies, right. and we discovered Ruthless People when we were doing that, and it is a legitimately great oh, movie. I actually like to hear that one. It's like an old movie that you watch as an adult and is actually funny, so that's exciting. Yeah. It's a good one. What's it called again? Ruthless People? Ruthless People. Okay. Worth putting on a, on a, on a theme, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to jot that one Get down. But... um. The one other kind of interesting thing that I read about Hot Shots is, uh, you know, if you thought we were done talking about uh, Queen Elizabeth, you're wrong. Hell no. (laughs) So there's a thing, I didn't know about this until I was reading about Hot Shots, called the Royal Film Performance. And I think it was started in like the 1960s, and it's this like charity function of some kind in England 
where once a year a movie is chosen and they have like a big event where members of the royal family are in attendance and it's like a red carpet kind of thing and they use it to raise money. I, I don't know exactly what for, but it's like something that's like a long-standing tradition since like the 1960s. And, you know, the majority of the movies that they watch are, you know, there's some comedies in there, but they'll be like, you know, romantic comedies or whatever. Most of the movies are like um, Empire of the Sun, which is like a war movie or, you know, Titanic or whatever. But in 1991, the movie that they chose to show that Queen Elizabeth sat in a theater and watched was fucking Hot Shots. <laughs> like, yes. of all fucking things, Hot Shots I was the movie that. that they chose out of everything else released in 1991. And so, you know, we know that um, though she may have now passed, Queen Elizabeth in her lifetime did sit through a screening of Hot Shots. I'd love to know what she thought of it. <laughs> It's just such a weird choice. Like, what did Queen Elizabeth think when she was sitting and watching fucking Charlie Sheen cooking bacon <laughs> on the girl's stomach? Like, ah, it's just such a weird choice. It makes me like the movie better for some reason. <laughs> well, it could use the help, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot else to say about that one. Want to move on to our Mills third and final film? Right on. Let's do it. All right. Two years later, in 1993, we have... National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. York left me a message. She'd uncovered a drug running operation. I think that's what got her killed. You don't think it was the bullets? Give me the case. Your days from retirement. Let it go. Let it go? York was a partner, a friend. I owe her. I owe it to every cop who's ever walked a beat. Every cop who's ever made a bust, who's ever laid his life on the line. Wait a minute. I'm the captain here. I do all the yelling. But if it's that important to you, take the damn case. Thank you. Thank you, Captain. Don't be so fast to thank me on this, Luca, because you're going to be naked on this one. It's on the line for you. People are going to be watching. Now, you blow it, you're going down. You screw up, you're going to be hung out to dry. You drop the ball, you're going to be left twisted in the wind. If you embarrass this department, your pants will be dancing with figs. Is that clear? Everything but the pants fig thing. Let me ask you a question. Please. Do you think that... Samuel L. Jackson looks older in this movie than any movie he did in the 2010s or or later. Uh, I I didn't really think about it, but kind of yeah, and I think it's because of the hair. It's got to be right because I was like, I was like, God damn, this movie is 30 years old. Why he looks so old in this more than anything? Just yeah, I mean they're obviously trying to mimic um, Danny Glover. Danny Glover, who, yeah. you know, is fucking tagline in that franchise is I'm too old for this shit. And yeah, the hair. And it's not just the hair. It's the fact that Samuel L. Jackson must shave his head because he had a huge bald spot. <laughs> right, right. So like he's got that like I'm kind of, you know, bald, clean and, and whatever, like cop haircut, but also gigantic bald spot mm -hmm. whenever I look down. It was like an immediate thought for me when, as soon as like it showed him. I was like, damn. Yeah. I was like excited. It was like Sam Jackson. Because, I mean, he's guy's been in a thousand movies, and I'll probably never be able to see them all, but yeah, not expecting him to be in this. It's just interesting that, like, Charlie Sheen, not an actor who I think of as, like, a comedy actor, but he's the lead in Hot Shots. And then, like, Emilio Estevez, you know, I kind of think of him mostly from The Mighty Ducks. He's not, like, a laugh ride in that movie, but it is, like, a comedy. But then Sam Jackson, you know, he... He, people laugh at him for like all oh, the fucking snakes on this fucking plane or whatever the kind of stuff or like him mm -hmm. cursing a lot but 
I don't think of him as a comedy actor. So it was kind of interesting to see him straight up in a comedy role in this. I agree. Even though like all the characters in these movies, they're kind of playing straight men. But there was one scene where he and Emilio are following. um, It must be Kathy Ireland's character down a hallway, maybe before she becomes Kathy Ireland, because she's like they they do the joke like when her hair is up, she's ugly. But when she puts Uh her hair down, she's gorgeous. So I think it's like when they're on the way to that room where they first have the meeting with her and she puts her hair down and becomes Kathy Ireland, whatever. And he's doing the buck teeth thing. Yeah. He's like making funny faces behind her down the hallway while Emilio's doing whatever the fuck he's doing in the background. And Uh I was just like, what the fuck is Sam Jackson doing? Like, this doesn't even feel like it's scripted. I have no idea why he's doing it. Yeah. I noticed that too. And I thought the exact same thing. I was like. I was like, damn. I was like, he's making fun of this. I wasn't expecting it all. He turns the corner and he starts doing that face. Yeah. I think Emilio Estevez had just ninja starred someone with his uh, police badge. (laughs) I believe that's what he was doing in Mm -hmm. the background. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I I thought that was pretty funny just to see Sam Jackson like just completely goofing goofing off. Yeah, totally. But yeah, so this one, um, you know, pretty, it's got a lot of other references and things in it, but it's a pretty straight up parody of. Not just one, but like the first three Lethal Weapons. It actually felt like it had. Are you have you seen all the Lethal Weapons? Are you familiar? Are you a fan? I have um, been a long time. I've seen the second one like twice to three times as many as all the other ones. Okay, Diplomatic Immunity is the second. That's one? That's the second one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I know the best. I would say this takes mostly from the first and third, but there was a lot from the third in this one to me. So like uh, Joe Pesci's character gets introduced in Lethal Weapon 2, but comes back for three. And that's obviously who John Lovitz is supposed to be like that kind of character um, who's just like hanging out and annoying them all the time. But then like the whole thing with, you know, Mel Gibson's character has this tragic past where like his love interest died and then he meets a new girl and she dies in the second one. But then he finally finds love in the third one, and they kind of do that story with uh, the uh, uh, Kathy Ireland character in this. But mm-hmm. then all those references to like his former love was a dog. Mm-hmm. I feel like has to be a ref because he did have a dog in the movies, but it has to be a reference to the third film where for some reason they wrote it in as a weird character trait where he starts to like to eat dog bones. And so through the whole movie, he's like in Lethal Weapon, like the real Lethal Weapon 3, he's like chewing on uh, milk bones the whole movie, which made me think that that's what they were referencing. (laughs) That is weird. And I believe it's also the third one where his house on the beach gets blown up by a helicopter, which they straight up rip off in this or homage. No, I think that's the second one. Yeah, I thought it was the third one because uh, isn't... um... What's her name? Renee Russo with him at the time, I thought? No, it's the blonde. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, I've seen that one so many times. Oh, so maybe they do take from all three of them kind of equally. But um, yeah, they take a lot of stuff from like the whole franchise as a whole, not just one movie. Uh, the the toilet thing, is that two or three? The toilet bomb. I think that's two. I think same thing. I think that's... Okay, yeah, they do that. They the... start killing all the cops and you know blowing up surf- the uh, diving board and stuff. I'm pretty sure right. all that's two. That might be Jeanette Goldstein. I think that might be Vasquez from Aliens who gets blown up on the it surfboard. Is. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, once again, I think um, Emilio, not great in this. I think in this in, a, in the same way that uh, Charlie Sheen was, a, on the surface at least, on paper, a good choice to 
replace Tom Cruise in a parody movie. I feel like mm-hmm. Emilio is an okay choice for Mel Gibson. Maybe not like the immediate go-to, but like I thought it was kind of funny that he had the big hair with the mullet. Yeah. That part was pretty spot on. I did. I think I did kind of chuckle at some point. I don't know. I didn't go back, of course, to check this, but it's seemingly like people keep pulling out guns that are longer and longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's throughout the movie or just at the climax. but Yeah, I know Tim Curry has a really long gun at one point, and so does Chris, uh, Kathy Ireland. Right, but I think it might have even been before that they started with the pulling out the long guns, which is a better gag than just being two of them at the end. But Yeah. I think... Again, I struggle to think of a part that I actually laughed during this one, but one of the parts that I actually liked is like, oh, this is a good parody thing, was in the opening sequence at the convenience store when uh, Uh the two guys get blasted through the window, and it's just like an obnoxiously long sequence of them (laughs) flying through the air, and it keeps cutting back and like... Mm-hmm. You know, Charlie, uh, uh, Emilio is sitting there like checking his watch and eating. I think waiting for them to land. Yeah, like that was that was an okay. Even thing. that scene was like, yeah, you could see it being funny because it was like every time you cut to someone else, they've got a different level of ridiculous weapon they're using or mm-hmm. bazooka or whatever. One thing about this one is just like you know, in Hot Shots, there were some parts where they were trying to homage or ape the the filming style, like the opening credits with like the orange sunset light and like the jets kind of out of focus in the background and everything and like the heat waves this one there were actually some shots that i thought looked really nice like in the beginning when emilio gets out of the car and he's like stomping on the the cigarette and the cigar and the pipe in the parking lot like it just had Mm -hmm. that look like you know if this wasn't a parody movie this looks exactly like the kind of movies it's parodying totally probably because it was you know back in the days when everything was shot on film and (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it had that look, for sure. Yeah. I know the exact scene you're talking about, too. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were there any standout funny parts for you in this? Or No. No. <laughs> I think it's kind of the same thing. Like, I like, I liked it more because it's, like, against, um, well, Top Gun and Hot Shots. Just, like, this was more my kind of movie and, you know, for a parody-wise. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of just, like, liked Sam Jackson, even though I, I don't think there was any point, like, I had got like a big laugh from anything i just i guess i had a better time watching this than hot shots at least because it had like some more ridiculous action scenes you know yeah nothing too crazy or like that like mind-blowing but i watched them in order like you did uh naked Mm -hmm. gun and then hot shots in this just coincidentally and um I I did watch all three of them in two days, and as someone who's already not a big fan of this type of movie anyway, uh, it might not be this particular movie's problem. It probably would have been the same case no matter what order I watched them in, but by the time I was on this, the third one, I was really just like kind of over. <laughs> I was like ready to oh, be I'm done sure. watching these kind of movies. Oh, sure. So I feel like that might have even, like if I had watched this one first, I might have liked it more. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like, I don't know, by the time they're doing like the, basic instinct parody and like the little stuffed beaver and everything. I was just like rolling my eyes at it a lot of times. I think all three movies too, that and that beaver scene is a good example. Like they really drag out some jokes, some jokes they just 
you know, it's a split second, like a shot of Charles Barkley, or it's like a really drawn out joke. Like, I feel like that Beaver one went on. Yeah, they really lean into it. Oh, big time. And think like, oh, this is going to kill. Right. And again, another reference to another pop culture thing. Yep. In that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the Die Hard thing in this uh, with mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, which is, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they actually had Bruce Willis playing yeah. John McClane. I mean, Shatner's the villain and Scotty from Star Trek was in this. Yeah. So, yeah, we talked about like uh, in Hot Shots, there were a fair number of recognizable people, but they were largely playing characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. This movie has a fuckload of cameos, like literally one scene cameos. Yeah. I was thinking it's got to be like a National Lampoon's thing, like the, that'll bring people out. Yeah, maybe. I have a, a partial list here of like the ones that stuck out to me. Uh, I would almost call her a character in the movie, Whoopi Goldberg, but she was uncredited in the, in the film. Oh, was she? Yeah. I would say she's a character. but Like, she actually has, like, a dialogue sequence. She dies the first time, you know, she, you see her, but they do bring her back later. She's, like, a part of the plot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, James Doohan plays Scotty from Star Trek, for one joke. Uh, Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox play their characters from Chips, for one joke. Right. Uh, Bruce Willis plays John McClane for one joke. Uh, Charlie Sheen, as a like a favor to his brother, appears as a parking valet for mm-hmm. no real good reason. Uh, F. Murray Abraham plays Hannibal Lecter, essentially. Mm-hmm. Dennis Leary plays, I don't know who he's supposed to be. His name is Mike McCracken, but he's like playing the piano <laughs> in one scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Feldman is just a cop. Yep. For one shot. Yep. Uh, Phil shot. Phil Hartman also just a cop. He at least has like a joke, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he does a, a quick comedy. Uh, he does like a stand up set. Uh, Paul Gleason from who's like the principal in the Breakfast Club, and he's in the original Die Hard. Plays an FBI agent in one scene, and then this isn't really a cameo. It's just like, oh look, she's in it, and it's one of her first things. But Denise Richards was one of the four women in red. I in did the, actually catch that during. Yeah. I says that, that looks like Denise Richards in the Dennis Leary scene. Yep, uh, I got a question. F. Murray Abraham. He's not one of the director guys. No, no, that's no, no. That's a different Abram. Abraham. Yeah, actually, those guys weren't involved with this one at all. Oh, okay. The uh, Jim Abrams or Abrahams, whatever it is. I'm just going to keep calling him Abrams because my entire life it's been Zucker Zucker and Abrams. Well, see, Billsy. It's the Bernstein Bears, not the Bernstein Bears. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Don't get me started. No, this movie is written by Don Hawley, who I looked him up. Literally nothing on his IMDb except for this film. Also co-written by Tori Tellum. Looked him up. Not a single other thing on his IMDb aside from this movie. Ouch. And also co-written by Gene Quintano, uh, who also directed this. Only other things he's directed are a movie called Honeymoon Academy and a movie called Why Me, neither of which I've heard of. But he did write Police Academy 3 and 4, Operation Dumbo Drop, and Sudden Death. Oh. With Van Damme? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good movie. So, yeah, it had nothing to do with uh, Zucker Zucker and Abrams. Okay, fair. The thing, the distinction, I think, is uh, if you look at the title of Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, it has an exclamation point at the end. Mm-hmm. So does Hot Shots. So does Airplane, so does Top Secret, 
So that that might be all of them, but like a lot of their parody movies have exclamation points at the end. That was like one of their calling cards, I guess. Interesting. Okay. This does not. Good to know. Good good note. <laughs> um, yeah. So this one was two years after Hot Shots. I don't know when Hot Shots Part Two came out or how well that one did, but this movie had a budget of eight point two million and only made fifty one at the box office. That's still pretty good. But it was considered a a failure, or like it didn't uh, perform. I mean, that kind of shit is always crazy to me. Where it's like, dude, you spent eight million, like, and it quadrupled, or whatever above that got back, but they still would consider it. it's like, oh, because it didn't make eighty million. It's like, what are you even basing that on? Well, I'm guessing that they looked at how much you know, similar movies had made, and they were like, oh, well, oh. Charlie Sheen made one, and it made one hundred and eighty one million. We got his <laughs> brother, and right. And then they only make 50, right. you know, silly. Yeah. But I mean, this movie was also less than half the budget of hot shots. So mm-hmm. I guess and that was, shows. that was, yeah, that was all that, uh, that jet money for that Seriously. second unit. Uh, jet money. Don't mess around with that jet money. You got aircraft <laughs> carrier money. You better be getting it back in the box office. <laughs> I was excited by Tim Curry being in like the opening scene of the movie. And he is, you know, he's like a, the villain sidekick throughout he's not mm-hmm. in it a ton and he doesn't yeah. do a whole lot i was excited by him no. being in it and i was a little disappointed by his could have used more of him it was just him beginning and end yeah his so. big thing was that he had like a funny accent that he was like pushing really right. hard but like that wasn't enough like i wanted more out right. of his character yeah he like shot whoopi goldberg seven times and came back at the end yeah yeah again, again yeah. i i feel bad i don't have a ton to say about this um it is what it is. What are we going to do? We watch a, a, a funny movie that's unfunny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even, yeah, it's, it just, there's just not a lot to say. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was fine. Like it had some clever things. It had some things I appreciated. Uh, and then just again, because of, you know, in like a normal comedy film, let's say there's a hundred attempts at comedy in mm-hmm. one of these movies, there's 775 attempts at right. comedy and like, totally. Not many of them hit. And even right. if like a reasonable number hit, there's still like way more that don't than ones that do. And like there's no plot really. Like there technically is a plot to hold everything together, but you don't care about it. There's yeah. no like character arcs or anything like that. So there's mm-hmm. nothing to fall back on when the humor isn't working. And for me, at least personally, the humor so rarely works that there's just like it it feels like there's no validity to the existence of this kind of movie for me most mm-hmm. of the time like mm-hmm. it, that's a broad generalization but i feel like if i'm speaking honestly just my personal reaction and opinion to movies like this like yeah. all three of these movies like Spaceballs and all the ones that people love it's just like i get so little out of them because they're like the the context for the humor is is non-present it's just like reading mad magazine and having like silly things happening in the background of panels. And it's like, am I supposed to laugh at every single one of these? And if not, why are, why are they all there? It's just, it feels so it's like try harding to me or something. I, I've just never been into these kind of movies and that's just like, when you're, when you're watching someone fall, you want it to be real. Like, Johnny Knoxville slipping a disc or, <laughs> or for there to be like, you know, if you watch a movie that's more like scripted humor and again, you get a good performer like a Jim Carrey, for example. And like, here's a, here's a great example of, of like 
kind of what I'm half attempting to get at. The movie Liar Liar. I feel like that's not like a all-time beloved movie for a lot of people. You know, it comes a little after Jim Carrey's like real heyday when he put out Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all in the same year. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like a very formulaic movie. Have you seen it before, Liar Liar? I have. I don't remember a thing about it. but So a couple of years ago, I was scrolling through like HBO Max and I saw it on there and was like, I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm going to rewatch it. And I expected to not like it as much as I did when I was a kid, because when I was younger, I like worshipped Jim Carrey. I just thought he was the best thing for like five years. Mm-hmm. And I really thought to myself, Liar Liar is one that like people don't talk about that often. It's it's just not going to be as good as I remember it. But then watching it, it's like the most generic, like kind of lame premise, just like not very well written. But you give that to Jim Carrey and all it is is a bunch of softballs being lobbed up for someone who's as good of a comedic actor as him to knock out of the park. And that movie is legitimately fucking hilarious, not because it's well written or the premise is great, but because it's just a playground for Jim Carrey. And I feel like similarly, like that's part of the reason I like Austin Powers is just because Mike Myers is fun to watch make an ass of himself and he's good at doing like, you know, different characters and and whatnot. It's fun to watch him put on makeup and be somebody else, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like the diametric opposite of what a movie like uh, these movies are. Where it's just like, you know, like we've said in a couple of instances, like Emilio Estevez, okay, Sam Jackson, all right, uh, Charlie Sheen. Why are these people the leads in your comedy movie? They're not really funny. They're just there to deliver these lines that they bring very little to, you know? Yeah, you can like almost imagine like the the um, casting process. Like what were they looking for or was it just like big names to be try to make them be funny? Yeah, but even at the time, like Sam Jackson – like you know, pulp. Fiction I'm thinking more like Emilio Estevez, yet, you know? but I'm thinking more like Emilio Estevez for that part. But, yeah, and Charlie, but um, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't it's know. just like I again, I've always just had this broad opinion that I feel like people would like shake their heads at or whatever when I said I wasn't a fan of this genre, and I never really had a good explanation for it. And I'm not trying to tell anybody that like things that they think are funny aren't funny or they shouldn't like them, like. If you like movies like uh, any of the three we just talked about or if Spaceballs is like the funniest movie to you, great. <laughs> like, that's good. But it, like for me, they never worked. And I think the kind of comedy that I prefer is just not the kind of comedy that's in these. Like, I I would prefer either better wit- better written or better acted or preferably both, like a, like 70 jokes better written and better acted than 700 of them that like a couple of them are just inherently going to work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I feel like I like movies like Tommy boy or dumb and dumber because you get like a really just naturally gifted comedic talent. Right. And then you have a story with a little bit of a backbone. Like you care about Tommy as dumb as the movie is like in Tommy boy, like you care mm-hmm. about seeing him succeed and, because like it's actually got a little bit of a plot to it. Like even in right. Liar Liar, like you kind of care about Jim Carrey's character because you don't want him to disappoint his son who's upset that he, his dad's mm-hmm. always lying to him and never keeps his promises. Like there's just enough there that these movies don't have. Yeah. That then you add like something hilarious to those stakes and it's like that is a comedy that I like. Yeah. Which I think and it for me, it would be like a even a different comedy to a level because that's like 
the one everyone else is normal, but or then you got like the one or two absurd people interacting with normal people is like mm-hmm. to me like its own genre. And that the, those are funny; those are just better comedy movies. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no way around that. And I mean, humor, just like art, is subjective, and everybody's going to be into, into different things. And you know, like we kind of discussed in the opening of the show with like I really like Austin Powers, but that feels an awful lot like these movies. But then kind of what I was just saying about like, I feel like Mike Myers is a better comedic performer than mm-hmm. most of the people in the movies that we just talked about. Like there's no a hundred percent black and white dividing line here. It's just, there is definitely a kind of comedy that I lean more towards than these. And mm-hmm. I just generally don't go in for these all that much. <laughs> you like, you like the singer songwriter of comedies, you know, that, that person that, you know, yeah, maybe, but no one should no, ever listen to my opinion on music because I have no taste, so. <laughs> That's not true, Millsy. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> Mills, I think we've we've gone on about these, these movies as much as I think humanly possible. Probably true. Let's talk some posties. All right. Um, first up, Naked Gun, uh, Leslie Nielsen riding a bullet. Uh, all uh, painted artwork? Or do you think that's a photo? Uh, this is going to require a zoom in here. I'm not 100% sure. The painting, if it is one, is good enough that it, it could pass as a photo. Like, at least on this mm-hmm. little pixelated version on my phone that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. I mean, clearly is selling you that this is some kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Has a spot for other actors in the movie, which I never like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is a very old movie thing where they just, you know, they want to get as many of the faces on the the poster as possible. But it's like they hadn't discovered, uh, you know, montages yet or something. Right. But yeah, I mean, this is just an example for them to have, like, text gags under all of them. Like, they have a picture of... uh, of uh, what's the the baseball player's name? Uh, <laughs> Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, and under his photo, it says he got paid fifty thousand dollars for four days filming. I actually like that. <laughs> I don't mind that one. But yeah, it just you know feels overdone, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Naked Gun from the files of the police squad. You've read the ad. Now see the movie. That's not a bad line for a movie yeah. like this. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's not it's not ugly. Yeah, like but. get rid of that all those people at the bottom and it's like a, you know, decent image. Yeah, good enough. I wouldn't hang it on my wall, but it's recognizable. I've seen it a bunch of times yeah. and you know, it works. Right. And they riffed on it for every subsequent poster too. Yeah. I think isn't the second one it's like two bullets and it almost looks like he's skiing on top of them. Something like that and then it's And I want to say the third one is like he's really disheveled and bullets flying everywhere. Legs legs and arms are going every which way or something. But uh seen better, seen worse. Yeah. It's fine. It is what it is. Hot shots. Hot shots. We discover there's a couple different versions of this poster. Uh Mm. as with all the posters we discuss during this part of every episode if you go to our Instagram account on the post announcing the episode of the show, you can scroll through and see all the posters so you can see the exact one we're discussing. This is the one that I was... It's weird. I, I am familiar with this image, but it, it's so weird that I never put together it was a Top Gun movie before. Mm. I think it's just because I had the context of the second one and figured it was just a generic action parody. Why do they call it the mother of all movies? It just seems like such an odd tagline. 
I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm not into it. But see, so yeah, it's uh, the characters standing in a row with a plane going through their ears. Uh, like this one, more so than the Naked Gun, feels like they're even throwing in some of those like 700 jokes on the poster just to get a few more in. Yeah, there's like a the uh, stream from the ship is or the plane is tied in a knot. It's yeah, going through their ears. it's like not enough that it's going through their ears, but it also has to have like a pretzel shape in the. The smoke yeah. trail. And the, the Admiral, I think that's a tutu he's wearing. He's got bare legs. I mean yeah, it looks like he's wearing like a like a bear skin like a bear fur diaper or something. I don't yeah, know what I can't that is. Tell. If it is a tutu it looks to me like a tutu, but it's such an odd, weird color for a tutu. But it's like brown and furry though. <laughs> right. That's the thing. But then when you when I zoom in and look at it, it looks like tutu, but yeah. like you said, the weirdest color. But I don't know. I mean clearly a gag, clearly this kind of movie. That's what they're going for with the poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's fine. I feel like it's a little more busy than the Naked Gun one. Yeah, uh, it, it is. is like a photo that's doctored a little bit, so it's not as interesting. Now that I look back at it, I definitely do think it's a painting for the Naked Gun. Yeah. Tagline on Hot Shots is not good. <laughs> I wonder if that is a reference to something that we're missing because it's not 1991 anymore. Totally. It's almost feel like it has to be like why? Like, was there a McDonald's ad that was like the mother of all burgers at the time, and right. that's a parody of that or something? And we just don't get it. That would be very interesting. I hope it's exactly that <laughs> that there is a McDonald's ad, but yeah, who knows? I mean, again, it's fine. It's not ugly, but yeah, wouldn't hang it on my wall either. <laughs> Agreed. Loaded Weapon One. Oh my God! They have guns. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird one, too. Yeah. See it before they make the sequel. That is the thing that I read about this, is that they were so sure that there was going to be a sequel that uh, they already had, like, uh, poster concepts and and whatnot before this one even came out, and then it never did happen. Oh, I was just going to ask, was there a sequel? Like, they reference at the end of this one, like, the characters reference that there's going to be a sequel. It's called Loaded Weapon 1. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the poster re- references the sequel, and then this one didn't get it. Maybe they can do Loaded Weapon 3, The Search for 2. Maybe they can. <laughs> the thing I'm curious about, and I I don't know if it is, I'm going to look it up really fast, is if this is actually a direct reference to a Lethal Weapon poster. Because there mm. is like a scene in one of the Lethal Weapon movies where they're like at the gun range and... You know, Danny Glover gets like a a dead center shot or like close to it, and then like his paper comes up, and he's like showing off, and then Mel Gibson like shoots a bunch of times, and he puts like a smiley face on the the silhouette on his like target. So it's like referencing a scene directly out of one of the mm. movies, but no, mm-hmm. it does not look like this is okay based on any of the posters. The posters for the Lethal Weapon movies are actually really fucking boring. <laughs> The first two are just like extreme close-ups of the two leads, and then the, th- the third one is like them oh, from like yeah. like uh, mid thigh up, with uh, Joe Pesci right. peeking in from the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this one's okay. Like, I get what they're going for. I guess the uh, the target covering its balls is kind of funny. Yeah, it's fine. It's not ugly, but I wouldn't hang it on my wall. If anything, I like the face Sam Jackson's making. <laughs> right. We've seen far worse, seen far better, I'd say, across the board. Yeah. Uh, Millsy, break it down for the people. I'll give, uh, I don't know. I don't feel super strongly about any of these. I'll give uh, 
Naked Gun, three beavers. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, I'll give um, Loaded Weapon one, three uh, mildly offensive um, convenience store clerks in the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm not crazy about the Hot Shots one. I'm going to give Hot Shots uh, two uh, ceramic eyeballs. Very good. I like it. I like your style. By Borrow Burn, I... My favorite of the three, my buy, is going to be Naked Gun. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, we already discussed the reason for this. My main reason, because I didn't love any of these, is that it's not as fucking nonstop rapid fire with the jokes as the other two are fair. Like the other two are just kind of infuriatingly constant with the jokes and naked gun isn't too far off, but again, it feels quaint compared to the other two. Mm -hmm. Like I would say that loaded weapon and especially hot shots, you get maybe, you know, three tenths of a second between every joke and naked gun, you get maybe a, a nice, casual two and a half seconds between every joke like (laughs) it's not much of a difference but it's enough and i also whether or not it was referencing specific other movies and shows that i don't know because it's an older movie than the other two i do appreciate a little more that it seems like more of the humor was just general jokes rather than straight up references constantly which feels like cheaper and easier to mm-hmm. me than maybe what yeah or this is just me like i don't know trying no, I to think find we, an excuse we, i think we covered that kind of idea yeah throughout the night here so naked gun's gonna be my buy it's really a toss-up between the other two i feel like i just didn't get much out of either of them but kind of i think for the same reason that you said why you may be like loaded weapon more than hot shots uh is that I'm more of a Lethal Weapon fan <laughs> than I am a Top Gun fan. And so, like, I got more of the references or appreciated where they were coming from with more of the references or something. And, I mean, as not inherently funny as I feel like Emilio Estevez is, I feel like he's, you know, less not inherently funny than Charlie Sheen. So mm-hmm. Hot Shots is going to be my burn <laughs> and Loaded Weapon 1 is going to be my borrow. Very nice. I'm not going to beat around the beaver here. I'll come out and say I agree completely. Right down the line. Bye, Barbara Burn. I would. I like Naked Gun more than you do. Again, it actually made me laugh as an adult rewatching it for the first time in decades. It certainly doesn't land every joke for me, but I kind of appreciate all of its aspects, especially way more than the other two. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of nailed it where these seem like legitimate like standalone jokes they're going for rather than more and more references as time goes on like the other two yeah i just don't see myself ever needing any reason to rewatch the other two but if it was going to come down to it it would certainly be loaded weapon over hot shots Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah easy easy choice for me tonight so here's a question Mm. you you've seen naked gun two and three Yes. But also probably so long ago you don't remember them super clearly. Correct. The thing I would be curious to know, 
is we were basically just giving props to the first one for being a little like not as nonstop insane mm-hmm. with all the humor as uh, the other two movies we talked about, which came out in 91 and 93. Well, Naked Gun two and a half came out the same year as Hot Shots and Naked Gun 33 and a third came out the year after Loaded Weapon one. I wonder if as those movies go on, they mm-hmm. get like more nonstop with the humor or if they pretty much stay, you know, tonally and pace wise the same as the first one. I wouldn't mind watching those two myself. I won't subject you to that, but <laughs> um, I kind of would am curious just to see what I what I actually do remember if it's both of them. I've seen it or just one of them. So I might actually get around to that one of these days. All right. Well, you can report back to me when you when you do. We'll do. Will do, friend. All right, look at that. <laughs> Us agreeing. Yeah. Well, Mills. Mm-hmm. It's about that time. Yeah. Do you want to proclaim to the people our special guest for next episode? Yeah, so we've, uh, we're on our sixth season of the show. And if you can somehow believe that. We can't. <laughs> and we've only been able to find five people willing to subject themselves to three random movies with us. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going back to the well, and our first ever guest, Tony Sidani, is going to be joining us next episode. Right. Does that say more about us or more about our friends, that we are the ones that can sit through 60, 70 episodes of three random-ass movies, and we can only find five people to partake? I mean... To be fair, Jesse put up with a lot of years of of movie reviews with me, a lot of which she, I'm sure he didn't want to watch. Mm-hmm. Good point. But okay. um, in general, you know, I'm just I'm I'm not I'm I'm not going to answer that question. I'll just let that one. <laughs> say. I feel like nothing I could say would uh, would would come off right, no matter what. So I'm just going to leave I it. You. Well, we could just say that. Uh... We're here for each other. <laughs> I got you. I got you, fam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mills, how many episodes, potentially, do we have to pick from? Oh, at current, we have 241 potential themes just waiting for uh, Tony to have to watch one of them. Here we go. Millsy. Mm-hmm. 59, Millsy. Always with the fucking early numbers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 59. We are going to be do. Oh, wow. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're going to be doing uh, a horror, a.k.a. cultural appropriation. Uh, could be easy to figure out. Yeah. Based on our reactions and the name. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I got to say. Uh Yeah. Um, hmm. I know Tony's not going to be happy because I'll bet you he's seen probably at least two of the three of these. And the last time probably. he was on, he got uh, three Guy Ritchie movies, which he had seen before. And he was hoping because of the theme of the show, he'd have to watch like some crazy stuff he'd never seen before. But mm-hmm. them's the breaks. Uh, random hey, number Jenny. Uh, we're at her beck and call. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. To say the least. <laughs> so. All right, uh, yeah, next time, what, what's going to be, episode 71? Uh, 71. A-horror, a.k.a. cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, be sure to check that one out. Party people. <laughs> Till then, it's Triple Dead Theater. I'm Joe Daxberger. And I'm Ryan Miller. Nice beaver. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the finest movies I've ever seen. They ought to make them all like that. None of this nonsense about social matters. People don't go to the movies to see how miserable the world is. They go there to eat popcorn and be happy. Be happy, happy, happy.